0: My kids would say, Daddy's a pretty gentle guy. But there have been exceptions. One of the most memorable exceptions was when I had three children, ages 8, 6, and 2. It was about 5 in the afternoon, and those three, well, they were incorrigible. I mean, it was bad. They were brats, and I don't mean maybe. I did what I'd never done before, and I'm not sure I've done since. I sternly told them to get their little hineys to their room and they wouldn't have supper. Like terrified whip puppies, they ran upstairs to their room. About an hour later, I knocked on each of their doors. They were terrified. Could you guys come out into the hall for a minute? There in the hall, I'd spread down a checkered tablecloth and I'd ordered from Little Caesars pizza, breadsticks, and soda. There in the upstairs hallway outside their rooms, we had a pizza party in the hall. I told them there was nothing they could ever do that would make me stop loving them. And I meant it. A daddy showing favor on incorrigible little brats. That's grace. Genesis 6 says, Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. As we'll see, Noah was far from a perfect guy, but he was a splash of integrity in a cesspool world. If there was a top five for Bible children's stories, I'm thinking Noah and the Flood would make the list. But stay with me. I'm going to walk you through this event one more time. Maybe a couple things will jump out at you. Noah was a descendant of Shem. That's important. Remember, the stomper was to come through Shem. God was fed up with the world. God realized that man had reached the point of no return. Coming up with a way to save Noah and keeping his promise, he could shake the etch-a-sketch upside down and start over. He asked Noah to build a coffin, I know, a boat, but it was a coffin on steroids, 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, 45 feet high with three decks. That's a football field and a half long, and about as wide as a basketball court with bleachers, and five stories tall. He's building this boat where there's no water, for a natural event that's never occurred, the text tells us that it had never rained on the earth. God watered the earth with dew. It's one thing to spend a hundred years building a ship in the middle of the wilderness. It's a whole nother thing when the purpose is to protect you from something that no one's ever heard of. I tell my students it'd be a bit like this. I walk into the class in the morning and say, students, I need you to listen to me. I've got inside information. It's going to Ibl Yeah, I get the same reaction from my students. I continue. Students, Ibble shmu are van sized globs of ultraviolet radiation going to fall on the earth. The only way we can be spared is to hide in an igloo made out of red jello. You can't believe the looks I get from students when I finish. Then I tell them, that's what God asked of Noah. It's going to Ibble shmu, so build an igloo. Yet Noah kept swinging his hammer. The text tells us in due time, God causes a parade of non-aquatic animals to enter the ark. It says, according to their kind. Some skeptics scoff, how on earth would you ever get all the different kinds of animals on the ark? Well, first of all, that dude was big. Google how many railroad cars are in a 450 by 75 by 45 foot boat. But second of all, it was pairs according to their kind. This only requires one pair of canines, one pair of felines, etc. on the ark. God tells Noah and his family to enter the ark. And then God shuts the door. The skies open from above and the ground below. This was like a whirlpool bath filling up. For 40 days, the faucets were opened. People ask, was this flood universal or was it just local? We've already read where mankind started in the Garden of Eden, and when we get to chapter 11, we'll find out they're still there, huddled together, refusing to spread out. So mankind could have just been located in the Mesopotamia area. Could it have been local? Could God have piled the water up in walls just locally where mankind was living? We'll see God piled water up in walls in several other instances. It could also have been universal. It's interesting that the Bible is not the only account of the flood. You can Google that, too. The text tells us all the mountains under heaven were completely covered. That suggests it was universal. And yes, I know that's a lot of water. People who advocate for the earth being very young point to the flood and say, that guy standing in the Grand Canyon looking at the strata in the walls Those could have been put there by an event like the flood, laying down sediment quickly. They add to that the fossil record. Sea creatures like fish have been found in places they don't belong. Plus fossils can only occur if something dies suddenly and is buried deeply with lots of pressure, like could happen in a worldwide flood. What the text does tell us, it was massive and lasted a long time, over a year, and all living non-aquatic creatures that were not on the ark, where the flood occurred, perished. The ark finally came to rest. Shortly after that, Noah and his family come out. Noah and his family come out of the door to see God's etch-a-sketch new world. In the moisture-packed sky, they see the rainbow. God says, Noah, look at that. Well, how could he not? Noah? Noah? That's a sign I'll never again destroy all living things, even though I know they're bent toward evil from their childhood. Well, that's not very encouraging. God saying the etch-a-sketch is going to get messy again? After God's gracious salvation of Noah and his family on the ark, would they really be incorrigible little brats again? We'll find the answer to that question in our next word picture.